Hello. Welcome to North Coast Calvary Chapel's audio podcast. Well, here we are, Nicodemus, and he uh, comes in pretty convinced he knows everything there is to know about knowing God and following God. And Jesus gets right to the point and in one line flips his whole world upside down. In just one sentence, Jesus undoes everything that Nicodemus thinks he knows. And it's right here in verse 3. Verse 3, here we go. Very truly, I tell you, no one can see the kingdom of God unless they are born again. This must have been such a radical moment for Nicodemus, who has spent his whole life training himself in the ways of God. This is a man who fasted twice a week, probably has more scripture memorized than most of us have ever read. This guy was committed to giving alms to the poor. He had led a good life, honoring God. And yet when he gets to this moment with Jesus in one sentence, Jesus just turns everything upside down for him. He has an encounter. And I want to just focus a message around this idea of born again, because in a sense, as we go through this whole series of encountering Jesus, every person that we see encountering Jesus is going to encounter this idea. Jesus is going to want to bring them back to the key ideas right here in our passage today. He may not use this word to be born again, but this is what he's trying to get every person to that we're going to see in the coming weeks. So what does he mean when he says born again? And to answer that, I want to use verse 5. So look at your Bibles, verse 5 or on the screen. Jesus says, No one can enter the kingdom of God unless they are born of water and spirit. These two things, water and spirit, are these two layers that help of meaning, that help us understand what Jesus means by being born again. And so we're going to unpack that. By understanding these two layers, it'll help us understand what Jesus means to be born again and how we can respond to him. Water and spirit. Let's start with water. Okay, this is the first layer. Now, Before we jump into this idea of water and what it represents for us, I want to give you a little bit of background. Right at this time, while Jesus is just beginning his ministry and the Pharisees are talking to him, there is another guy who's leading a national revival movement, a a renewal movement. His name is John the Baptist. Maybe you heard of him? He is Jesus's cousin, if you didn't know. And he is inviting people out to the river to be baptized in the water as a sign that they are entering into a whole new way of relating to God. Now, while John's baptism ministry is going on, listen to this. Luke chapter 730, but the Pharisees and the experts in the law rejected God's purpose for themselves because they had not been baptized by John. What does that tell you right there? The Pharisees we're not having anything to do with it. They're like, well, be baptized. Why would we be baptized? We already know everything about God, right? To admit that they needed to be baptized would have been to admit there was things about God they needed to understand afresh, that they needed to get their life right. And so they're like, man, if we admit we don't have it all figured out, what are people going to do? And so they refuse and reject John's baptism. It also helps us understand what Jesus means When he says water, he's talking about this ministry of baptism. And 
what does baptism represent? Now, check this out. Describing John's baptism ministry, um, Mark describes it in this way, right here. Mark chapter one, verse four, describes his baptism as, quote, a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. So right there, water represents baptism, but baptism is something that we can go do. It's, a, it's, a, it's an act. I can choose to be baptized, and it represents a posture of repentance. You got that? So when Jesus says you, gotta, you need water and spirit, by water he means you need to repent if you're going to be born again. There is no being born again without repentance. There is no spiritual renewal in our life without repentance. And the Pharisees and Nicodemus had rejected that call to repent, feeling like they already got it figured out. They know what's going on. They're the last people that need to change and repent. Now, repentance, what does this mean? If someone were to ask you after service and go, what what does it mean to repent? How would you explain that to somebody? Does it mean to feel bad about yourself? Is it about going and beating yourself up? Is it about going, oh, I'm a bad person? What does it mean to repent? Okay, listen to this. Repentance is about letting go of how we see things in favor of how Jesus sees things. That's fundamentally what it is. Repentance is about letting go of how you see things in favor of how Jesus sees everything. How Jesus sees your identity. How he sees your past, your present, your future. How Jesus sees your dating life. How he sees finances and the role of money in our life. What money is really for. The way he sees the role of our careers and our education, and all the privileges that we have, the purpose of these things in our life, it's letting go of how we define them and how we see them in favor of how he sees them. Now, to kind of really help us understand that this idea of repenting was a big deal to Jesus, listen to how Mark's gospel describes Jesus's ministry message in one sentence. You ready? Listen to this. That as Jesus went through Galilee proclaiming the good news of God, this is what he said. Summed up in one sentence. The time has come. The kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe the good news. There it is right there. Repentance. Now, repenting is so important. Repenting is the way we allow God to give us a whole new perspective It's where we let Jesus replace the way we're seeing our life, the way we're seeing things with the way he sees it. That's so important because when you repent, repenting is the way we make room for something new to begin in our life. Come on now. That's so important. It's hard to let something new come in until you let go of the old. Are you with me? And that's what repenting is about. I used to tell students this all the time in my college ministry. If you, are you ready for someone new to come into your life, a new special somebody? And they'll be like, oh, I'm ready for that new person. Well, then you're going to have to let go of the old person. 
And they would walk around dating one person when really they were looking for someone else. I'm like, you got to let go of this guy if you're going to make room for a new guy. Are you with me? And I tell them, you're going to have to let go. You have to repent. You got to let go of this relationship so that a new relationship can come into your life. But this is true about every area of our life. We like to hold on to the way we see things because it gives us comfort. It makes us feel like we know what's going on. And we've got to let that go, but we cling to it and go, well, God, I'll see things from your way, but I want to actually compare them and barter and see which way is better. And Jesus is like, you've got to let go of your way of seeing things in order to understand my way. And until we're willing to repent and let go of our way of seeing things, we won't even understand what Jesus is trying to say to us. Like Nicodemus, we won't get it. Now let's go back to Nicodemus, right? Let's look at him. How would you describe the way he responds to what Jesus is saying? Here's a guy who's been training his whole life for this moment, right here, right now. And he, what? How would you describe how he reacts to Jesus? Let's review. Look at this. Verse four, it says this. How can someone be born when they are old? Right, there he is. How would you describe that? Is he, is he like, Jesus, this makes total sense. Of course I gotta be born again. No, look at verse four again. Surely they cannot, this gets a little awkward, so let's bear with him here. Surely they cannot enter a second time into their mother's womb to be born. Jesus is like, oh, gross, Nicodemus, come on, come on back home, baby. This is not what I'm talking about. And then again in verse 9, how can this be? So how would you describe Nicodemus here? Turn to someone next to you and just share one word. One word, and then I'm going to give you a chance to share with me. Come on, one word, share, real quick. Yeah, how would you describe Nicodemus? All right, give me a shout. Confused? Human logic. He's trying to wrap his mind around this born again with human logic. Shocked? Intrigued. But he's also intrigued. Yeah, he's curious. He also wants to know. And you know what I love about Nicodemus? He's willing to admit what he doesn't understand. Do you ever get to a place, I'm going to talk to you veteran Christians now. Do you ever get to a place as a Christian where you feel like you can't be honest about your doubts? You can't be honest about what you don't understand, about what God's word says, about what Jesus is saying to you. Do you ever get to that place where you feel like, I can't admit my doubts anymore because I gotta show people I know what's up. I don't want people to think that I am losing my faith. You know what I mean? What I love about Nicodemus is that he's honest about his doubts. And what if being honest about your doubts is the beginning of allowing God to change your view and your mind about how you see things? What if you don't need to be afraid of admitting where your doubts are? And it's the beginning of allowing your mind to change, to see something from a new perspective from God. Has God ever, have you ever read anything in the Bible that didn't make sense to you? Have you ever had God do something in your life that you didn't understand? Like Nicodemus, you're like, what are you doing, God? Are you like saying, I got to get back into the womb? That's weird. And you're like, Jesus, it doesn't make sense. Like when he says, you got to be last to be first. Or when he says, it's better to give 
than to receive. I don't know about you, but I kind of like receiving. How serious was Jesus about that? That you have to be willing to lose your life in order to gain it. These are hard things to understand. And we're going to encounter these things as we look at Jesus over this series. But it's being honest with those doubts like Nicodemus that allows God to give us a new perspective. He's shocked. He's blown away. And in verse 10, Jesus says, You are Israel's teacher and you do not understand? Why doesn't Nicodemus understand? Is it because he's not smart? Has he not been educated enough? This guy should have understood Jesus, but why doesn't he? This is so important for us. It has nothing to do with his intelligence or how religious he is. You need to hear that. Listen, Nicodemus represents that prideful part of all of us that resists letting go of how we already see things in favor of how Jesus sees things. The reason why he doesn't understand is not because he's not smart enough. It's because that prideful part of him is resisting change. Don't we all kind of resist change a little bit? Sure, we all want a new iPhone. We'll take that change any day. Mine's got a cracked screen. I could use a new one. But I'm talking about real change. We all kind of resist it to some degree. I remember I was talking to a guy about church, and he was saying to me, oh, you guys have been talking about controversial and challenging things at church, and it makes me uncomfortable, and it's stressful. And he's like, I come to church to feel better. I love this guy. I love this guy. This guy's like a true Nicodemus, being so honest. This guy's from New York, and he just says it like it is. I love this dude. And he's just being so honest with me. He's like, man, when I come to church, I come to feel good, and you are making me feel uncomfortable. And I look at him, and I go, bro, I got some good news for you. You've got come, why you come to church all backwards. So this is a good day for you, lucky day. We don't come to church simply to feel good or to hear what we already believe. We come to church to change. We come to church to hear Jesus' words, the word of God, and to repent. To change the way we see things in favor of how God sees things. But it makes us a little uncomfortable. It's hard to change. We are comfortable with how we already see ourselves. And let's be honest, we all got that little prideful part of us that doesn't want to let go of how we see things. How we see sexuality. How we see money. Feels a little, feels a little too personal, Jesus. Back off, baby. And so Jesus is saying, be born again. Where is Jesus inviting you to repent? Where is he calling you to let him do something new in your life? Now, I'll give you one quick little example. For me, it was with my wife. It's hard to change, right? Like my wife, I was newly married and every Saturday, I got one Saturday morning, and we lived two blocks from the beach on the corner of Montgomery and Chesterfield and Cardiff. Two blocks from the beach, beautiful sunny day. What do you want to do on a Saturday morning? 
Yeah, baby, we're going surfing. We're going to the beach. We're going to go to maybe Seaside, maybe to Pipes, get a little brekkie, and then roll down to the beach and have an epic day. My wife walks into the living room with a little plastic container with Clorox and Lysol and scrubbing brushes. I'm like, what is that for? And she's like, we're going to do our cleaning. We're going to clean. I'm like, are you kidding me? You're out of your mind. And she's like, no, 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 this is what we do. Saturday morning, we clean it, we go out and we play. And I'm blown away. She's like, yeah, we're going to clean the bathroom. We're going to get in there, we're going to clean it all out. I'm like, this is ridiculous. <laughs> now, so you can understand me. When I lived in with my roommates before I was married with, with some guys, I like, lived in the bachelor life. And for those five years, I can honestly tell you, now don't judge me, I never cleaned my bathroom one time. Not one time did any dude go in that bathroom and just start scrubbing. Oh, yeah, bro, I got this. You know? And my wife's like, that's what we're going to do Saturday morning. She was saying, repent. It's time to change. It was not because I was dumb and couldn't go, well, what do you mean? I, no, that prideful part of me does not want to change. We all got that part of us. Now that takes us to the spirit. Now, water is repenting, but now let's talk about the spirit. This is about renewal. Listen to this. Verse six, flesh gives birth to flesh, but the spirit gives birth to the spirit. And then in verse eight, the wind blows wherever it pleases. So it is with everyone born of the spirit. Repenting clears the way for God's spirit to renew your life. Repenting by itself doesn't do anything, but when you repent... It is the way that you open yourself to God's spirit to change your life, to renew you at the deepest parts of who you are. Renewal is the Bible's word for that deep yearning in every human being to be made new, to change, to become a better person. You know what I'm talking about? Because deep within every one of our hearts is the desire to change to become a better person. Where is that for you? If I told you right now, we could, I'm going to snap my fingers, and when I do, wherever you could change in one area of your life, it's going to happen by the end of the service. Where would it be? Right now. If you could change one area of your life with a snap of a finger, where would it be? I remember I was hanging out with my, the barber, this lady, she was cutting my hair, Jackie. She's the best, man. She was just cutting my hair, but she was talking to me about her whole diet plan, how she wants to lose some weight. For some of us, it's all about our exercise and diet. We want to change ourselves by the way we eat and exercise. For others of us, it's about getting a degree to advance ourselves, getting that bachelor's or that master's, where we're going to go to college so we can get that job, right? Or for others of us, maybe it's about relationships and getting people in our life, finding that special somebody or getting some friends to bring companionship into our life to help us have a better life. All these things are good but they represent that part of us that wants to be made new. These areas that we want to change ourselves represent the human soul's longing to be a new person. Now those areas, they're good. They're all good. But, but by themselves, the best they can do is change you on a cosmetic level. They can give you a six pack, but they cannot give you a new heart. Now listen to this very carefully. Those things are all good and have their place. The problem is when we try to substitute the deep 
change that God's spirit alone can bring into our life with these cosmetic things. I got to be the best on my sports team. I got to make that college team. It's all about going to college and getting that degree or getting that scholarship. It's all about being, getting that next promotion. It's about, and we wrap ourselves around things that are not bad. But these ways in which we are trying to change ourselves without God's spirit is what Jesus calls flesh, giving birth to flesh. It is you doing the best you can with what you got. And the best you can do is human. It's mortal. And listen to me. You can spend your whole life trying to make yourself into the person you hope to become with all these little tricks and stuff and never get down to the root of the issue. Because you are more than flesh and blood. This is the good news of Jesus saying, you are more than this. More than this. He's like, you are flesh and spirit. You are a spiritual being created to live forever. It says in Ecclesiastes that God has set eternity in your heart. And that yearning to change, to be made new, is your soul crying out for what God alone can do in your life through his spirit. Listen to this. This is such good news. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. Not new abs, the new job, the new truck. Oh, even if it's an F-150 with those big sweet tires, come on. New creation has come. The old has gone. The old has gone. The new has come. But we have to be willing to let go of the old for the new to come. Are you with me? Repenting is about making the way for the spirit to come and remake you from the very core of who you are. You were created to be transformed and made new. And where Jesus is calling you to repent is where he wants to renew your life. Does that sound familiar? You, does that little equation sound familiar? Do you remember when I talked about where Jesus is, wants you to submit to his authority is where he wants to heal you? Do you remember that? Repenting is how you submit to his authority. And renewal is how deep his healing goes. And when you repent, you clear the way for God to renew your life. I want to invite the band to come on out. As the band comes out, I want to ask you, where is God calling you to repent? It's not about where he's asking you to blame yourself or feel bad about yourself. It's about where he wants to clear the way for him to renew your life. When you re resist repenting in one area of your life, it causes your whole life to get clogged up. And that's happened to me. I'll tell you right now. I was cooking this great breakfast for my wife on her birthday, and I had peeled these apples. And this is what you should never do, anybody, with your garbage disposal. Never stick 
peeled apple rinds down your garbage disposal. Let me tell you what happens. When you do that, you're going to clog it up. And water started filling up. And I thought it was because my wife hadn't done this thing earlier about calling somebody to get out and clear the drain. So I'm blaming her on her birthday. Like, babe, if you call that guy out, your birthday wouldn't be ruined right now. I literally said that. And so there we were trying to plunge this thing out. And then she goes, wait a minute. And she digs her hand in and pulls out the apple rinds. When you don't repent in one area of your life, it can cause your whole life to get backed up. And it prevents the flow of God's spirit from renewing your life. I want to just let you guys, we go into this song, where is he inviting you to repent? Repentance begins when we change the way we see things to see it his way. Listen to this scripture right here. I want this to marinate in your heart. Verse 16, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. How great the chasm that lay between us How high the mountain I could not climb In desperation I turned to heaven And spoke your name into the night Then through the darkness your loving kindness tore through the shadows of my soul. The work is finished, the end is written. Jesus Christ, my living hope. come here on Sundays we don't just come to feel good although I hope you do we come here to change we come here to repent we come here to change the way we see things in favor of how Jesus sees things and when you're willing to do that every time you do that in every area of your life he renews us He fills us with his life. He takes us that much deeper into living our lives in his power and in his presence and through his spirit. Some of us have never started that journey and you're here as a new, as a non, as a non follower of Jesus. Maybe you've never really surrendered your life to following Jesus. It begins when you just repent and say, you know what, Jesus, I've been trying to do my life on my own without you. And today I want to give you a chance to change the way that you see your life and align yourself with Jesus. And when you do, he's going to fill you with his spirit. It means admitting that any attempt to live your life apart from his way is sin. 
Sin is not a spiritual put down word. It is a way of spiritually diagnosing the human condition alienated from God, where our life in the flesh is divorced from our life in the spirit. When we let Jesus renew us, these two parts of who we are as human beings are reunited. And it begins by believing what he has said, that God has so loved you that if you will put your faith in his son Jesus who was crucified for you, he will renew you and take you from a place of death and into life. And if that's you, I just want to invite you to respond right now. If you would like to repent and just say, Jesus, I want to see my life from your perspective. I want that new life. If you can just sit there and admit, I want that. Maybe you don't understand how it's going to happen. You don't understand all the implications for your life. You don't have to. But if you want that life, if you want to let God renew you from the inside out, all you have to do right now is just make a start is begin and raise your hand. And as you raise your hand, you're acknowledging that you're ready to change the way you see things to align with his way. I see you guys. I see you. Come on. I see you guys. Put your hands up. It's just not for me. It's not for our church. It says in the Bible, if you will acknowledge me before others, Jesus said this, I will acknowledge you before my father and all his angels. When you raise your hand, you're admitting, I need you, God. And there are areas of my life that I need renewing. I see you guys. I see you. Anybody else? I see you back there. I see you back there. I see you guys. I see you all the way back there in the red against the wall. I I got my eye on you, especially you. I see you. I see you, bro. I see you. I see you. You ready to do this? Okay, let's do this right here. Open up your cup. If you raised your hand, while you understand, you are trading your way of seeing things for Jesus' way. And he's, the first thing he says, you have sin and you need forgiveness. And if you accept my forgiveness, I will cleanse you from the inside out. And it begins right there with the power of his spirit filling you and cleansing you. And then for others of us, if you're a Christian, maybe there's an area of your life, you're like, yeah, I need renewing right here. I need repenting and renewing right here, Lord. Right here, right here, right here. Maybe you're right here. Maybe here. Let's hold up the bread. This little bread, Jesus said, this is my body. Let's hold it up. Hold it up. Here, up your eye. Don't be ashamed. Jesus said, held, held up the bread and he said, this bread represents my body broken for you. So that brokenness, that separation between you and God's spirit could be reunited. I'm going to be broken so you could be made whole. Eat this in remembrance of me. Let's eat. And remember Jesus' death for us. And this juice here, it represents, Jesus held up a cup and he said, this wine, it represents 
my blood, the blood of the new covenant. And when you drink this, my life is gonna come into you like a flood and it's gonna cleanse you with forgiveness in every area of your life and it's gonna renew your mind and the way you see everything. There's an area in your life that you need a renewed mind about. You need to see things differently. You need a cleansing of how you used to see things. When you drink this, you're allowing his way of seeing things to take a hold of you, to cleanse you. Let's drink this in remembrance of him. I want to invite the prayer team to come up to the front. Come on up, prayer team. If you raised your hand, two things I want you to do before you leave, okay? You raise your hand, my man, right here? Back in the red? Yeah, yeah I saw you. I saw y'all. I saw y'all. If you raise your hand, two things. Come up for prayer. I know, it's a little inconvenient. Can be worth it. Come up for prayer. Let someone know why, you know, why you stood up. Let them pray for you. Number two, please tell one person in your life, maybe someone you're sitting next to, someone that you came with, why you stood. And if someone you know, raise their hand. Ask them, hey, why did you raise your hand? What did that mean to you? Help them think about it. Let me pray. Lord, we just thank you that where you're calling us to repent is where you're going to renew us. We thank you for your spirit that breathes new life so that we are born again and we are made new creations. May we allow you to make every area of our life new. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. Come up and get prayer. Thanks for listening this week. If you're looking for ways to serve, give, or get connected, please visit our website, northcoastcalvary.org.